You know, I look back on that and go, that's why I'm deaf. <laughs> yes. Those, it is. those Ramon shows, those yeah. Kennedy shows, resident shows. There's CPGB. No, yeah, there's no secret. This no. is Penn Sunday School, and to our listening ears, all angels sings and round us rings the music of the streets. Here we go. Penn Sunday School. Brothers, sisters, siblings, welcome to Penn Sunday School. I'm Matt Donnelly. We are broadcasting from Show Creator Studio South. Last episode, we talked a lot about the residents. This week, who knows? This episode, <laughs> maybe less. But uh, but certainly we'll talk about things that are less cool to go to than what we just talked about in our last episode. Uh, but here he is, Preach the Love, Pendulet. Yeah, Preach and Love. I'm looking at what I have here. First of all, where the hell were you? I was in Portland, Portland? for a friend's bachelor party. Oregon or Maine? Portland, uh, Oregon. Okay. For a friend's bachelor? You weren't working? No. No, it's, you got to get on it, Matt. Yeah. How often do I travel when I'm not working? <laughs> also, like at, at, at 44, I'm about to turn 45. I thought I'd already gone to my last bachelor party. You know how many bachelor parties I've been to? Well, zero. One? One Steven Spielberg's. Oh, right, right, right. But I was working. But you were working. I was working. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. bachelor parties have been to voluntarily? Zero. Right. You know, and this is a friend who never says, it'd be really awesome if you could make it. Oh, I and see. he never says that. So I was like, okay. And was this like hookers and booze and? Uh, booze, uh, restaurants, uh, yes, strip club, but nothing crazy. Uh, all, all of us, I, I'm thinking, I'm going there, going like, I don't know if I can keep up or want to keep up with this. And then we all gathered before dinner at a hotel suite. And now I'm looking at a bunch of other old guys saying the same exact thing. <laughs> Portland strip club is a different thing. That's it. Is that my, my friend was really eager to take me to um, Casa Diablo. And it's a very different feeling. Strip House club of the ex- Devil. House of the, oh my God, is that what it was? I would have never Devil stayed. House. I would have ran. <laughs> um, it, it is true. He was expressing to me, this is a friend who, I think we told the story on air. You know, on the, the, the horrific event, the October 1st shooting, I was uh, took a friend, I was, I was at Spearmint Rhino. And so I was st- stuck in Spearmint Rhino for four hours uh, during the October 1st shooting. Are you saying that is a horrible thing? <laughs> it was a weird thing. It's a weird deal. Eventually, it got casual, and everyone just sat down and started talking to each other. And there's no one was working, and no and one the was. Lights come up, and the lights didn't come up, but the DJ took everything down a notch, mm-hmm. and then um, played the funeral march. <laughs> and they all pole danced to it. But eventually, it was just me and my friends just talking to to professional uh, strippers, mm-hmm. but just hanging. And he said that, that was the closest. Uh, of a Vegas strip club experience, he got to a Portland strip club experience. <laughs> what are Portland strip clubs like? So, if they're anything like I went to last night, I'm glad that we're glad top of the show, A Block, let's report on Portland strip clubs. They're just much more casual and a total awesome like variety of people and types to, uh-huh. uh, in the strip club. And everyone just kind of chats and hangs out, and you're just kind of, it's like very like casual and fun and like, Everybody really talks and, and hangs. It's like a different deal. A lot more tattoos and piercings and different kinds of body art and things like that. And some girls wearing antlers. 
Um, <laughs> wearing or having? Right. I had, to, I had to figure it out. At first, I was worried about having, and then later on, saw Because you know, wearing. my buddy Enigma has horns. That's right. Legit, right? Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Horns. Yeah, no. Not the case here, but it was just, uh, and then like, yeah, there's literally like a patio. You know, I'm a little bit sensitive about yeah. the word antlers. I understand. Because you you know you know about antlers and me, right? Oh, in that case, I should say I don't understand. Okay. Um, who wants to be a millionaire? Yeah. I was on that show. Oh, right. Playing, of course, for charity. Big wink. <laughs> uh, and uh, <laughs> there are charities that'll kick back. You know that. <laughs> Better to get half than none, right? Is that right? Am I lying? Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> I'm sorry. I thought you liked money. <laughs> I was on Who Wants to Be a Millionaire? Yeah. Beedly, 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 boo. And I was going, um, I was doing very well. <laughs> Good sound effects. I had not, uh, I had not used my emergency calls. Uh-huh. And it was the, uh, what's the fastest growing thing on a mammal? Okay. And the answer was antlers. Oh. And I'd guess like beaver teeth. Or okay. something. Antlers. Okay. Antlers grow wicked fast. Yeah. So when yeah. you bring up antlers around me. I apologize. It's, yeah. you know, I, I think I only won, I only won like $40,000 or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I say only because it went somewhere else. <laughs> if I won $40,000, I would be tickled pink. <laughs> that show sucks. Let's talk about Jeopardy. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's where I won, right? Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I did, yeah. Yeah, no antler questions. Okay, so some of the women had antlers. Some of the women had antlers, and then there's like a patio. It's like even if the music's too much, you just kind of go outside, and everyone everyone hangs outside. There's no, there's no bouncers yelling at you. It's super social. A lot of people aren't using fake names. Like it's just a very. It was like a very hippie. bizarre. It was a very hippie hippie strip club. It was a very hippie strip club. Sounds like where I went, which was the happiest place on earth. Yeah, which was our donuts. That actually was. That actually was when I was there. I was like, I was like, this is like eighty percent there to where I'm like a full pen recommendation must yeah. go. Um, our donuts, I've talked about. Yeah, was in Florida. Yeah, and it was um, a donut shop. Yeah. Uh, and you know, with, it was a donut shop with the counters that, you know, kind of a horseshoe yeah. counters and little booths and the windows had all been spray painted black. So you couldn't see, mm -hmm. and you went in, it was a buck for a donut, buck for a cup of coffee, no free refills. And uh, all the staff was topless. Yeah. And they would come over holding the, you know, those carafes of coffee. Yes. One regular, one decaf. And they would be holding it like, you know, right in front of their breasts. <laughs> so I said to one of them, did, did, did you ever like bump your nipples against the hot coffee? And they said, we're not idiots. <laughs> I was wondering if it was recreational, but um, <laughs> I loved it so much because I liked, I liked the nudity of strip clubs, yeah. but boy, the bad music, no offense, ready. The bad music. <laughs> I didn't write it. The, cig the cigarette smoke, the yeah. lights, uh, and the, you, you know, seeing seeing uh, people naked under fluorescent donut shop lights is so much more startling. Yes. Than than under uh, you know uh, theatrical yeah, yeah. lighting. 
Yeah, yeah. There's something, there's, there's like, not vulnerability, but there's, I don't know, there's something more. Reality. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was talking to the, uh, to the owner and I said, so you, he said he was like 80. Yeah. He said, yeah, I made a lot of money in real estate and, uh, I just thought it'd be really good to be, uh, be around, uh, young women who are naked. And I said to him, uh, so how much do you make a week on this? And he went, <laughs> I lose about five grand a week. <laughs> And I said, so you learned to make donuts? He said, I didn't learn to make donuts. I didn't even learn to make coffee. I stop at Dunkin' Donuts. I buy <laughs> I buy 30 dozen donuts. I bring them here. I go and buy gallons of coffee. I bring it here. Yeah. I don't do anything. And he said, um, the one thing I do is he said, the, uh, the women here make pretty good tips. And he said, because I did real estate and I was also an accountant, I set up IRAs for them and they all do really, really well. He said, it's all, it's a really good job for them. And he said, my children who are all adults, they're all like 40. They said to us, they said to me, dad, you know, by doing this topless donut shop, you're really embarrassing us. And I said, oh, you don't think you guys have ever embarrassed me in my life? I'm doing this. There is, yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Yeah. When it, the more casual nudity is, sometimes the more it just feels more fun. Yeah. Less like. Yeah. I, uh, I once, um, uh, I used to, when I was uh, homeless, hitchhiking around, yeah. I would try to get myself on radio stations, yeah. you know, college radio stations, interview the juggler. And I would say to anybody that gave me a meal, yeah. I would teach everybody around to juggle. They just bought me a pizza. Yeah. So someone called up and said uh, they were having a uh, a nude party on the college campus, and would I come and teach people to juggle? <laughs> so I have been to a totally nude yeah. party teaching people to juggle. And the joke by Tommy Curtin. Yeah. Tommy Curtin was a juggler that I still remember from my first juggling convention I went to when I was, my mom drove me to Connecticut and uh, drove me in Mike Motion. Yeah. Call in motion. I guess we were 14. Mm -hmm. Drove us to a juggling convention, like a Holiday Inn in Connecticut, yeah. like 30 people. And I met for the first time real jugglers. And one of them was Tommy Curtin, who was really important to me because he was the first like professional juggler I ever met. And he was this like Southern guy who did this like eccentric, silly juggling act. And he, um, he wasn't, uh, very socially adept. Imagine that from a juggler. <laughs> and so he had one joke that he told everybody. Uh -huh. He used to say to everybody, uh, I had a girlfriend back home, used to juggle topless. Looked like she's doing five. It is an optical illusion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> By the way, that was a perfect impersonation of how he told the joke. <laughs> so like even just... The, the, the idea that the common person knows the expression of throwing five mm -hmm. is hysterical. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I was at, I was teaching, these are all college students. Yeah, yeah. And at that time, you know, I, I was younger than them, but it was all college students and they were all naked and I was teaching them to juggle. So I did teach a woman to juggle that looked like she's doing five is an optical illusion, of course. <laughs> <laughs> That was the, uh, and that's like, it's like those moments are kind of like more fun, right? Like, I don't know, like, like I lived in the Virgin Islands for a year, right? Mm -hmm. Like go to, go to the beach at night, taking your clothes off is just 
on the on the menu every night. Right. Otherwise, you dry a suit off. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. No one wants to do that no. at 10 p.m. Hmm? And does the, does the water glow? There? They have a little phosphorescent. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. when I was in Florida, yeah. when I first saw that, I was out of my mind. I said, you know, why don't they, why doesn't the whole world scream about this? <laughs> if you go in the water in Florida, <laughs> you get in there and you glow. <laughs> I know. I did the same thing. My buddy and I, we first, first time someone told me, if you go in the water, you know, you'll glow. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah, cool. What, uh, they buried Godzilla there or something? <laughs> Wait a minute. People are glowing. Where <laughs> Well, I just told you that. Of course you told me that. They're glowing. <laughs> Did you do that the first time? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. My buddy and I, by the time we got uh, settled, it was nighttime. And we're like, well, we moved to an island. We should probably go swim. The first time we're here, we shouldn't take the first day off yeah. of swimming in the Caribbean Ocean. And yeah. And then we were like, oh my gosh, there's these phosphorescence. They weren't lying. Had you heard about it before? Uh, he told me uh, on the way down that I think this, there might be phosphorescence. Said, Did you believe it? him? No. I also didn't know what it was. I was like, what? Phosphor something. Phosphor something. Yeah. I can tell you, Jersey Shore, no phosphorescence. <laughs> <laughs> I grew up, there was, uh, there was activity in the ocean, but it was, it was medical waste and uh, scum. Well, there's a Donovan song yeah. where he talks about, because of the phosphorus there in quantity, swimming in the sea in Mexico. Yeah. Right? There's a song, it's the album Mellow Yellow. Mm -hmm. One of the songs, he sings about phosphorus in the sea, right? Oh. But I was aware enough of Donovan's exploration with psychedelics <laughs> that I did not take his songs as recording. <laughs> right? Right. Because, you know, Donovan may have seen people glowing in their bathtub. Yeah. You don't know. No, no. You don't know. So when I saw that, I went back and went, oh. That's what Donovan was talking about. Yeah. He didn't make that up. Now, a lot of the other stuff he didn't make up. Right. Boo Boo Ragajaggle probably yeah. made that up. Right. But um, <laughs> that's definitely, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> that's, not re that's not reporting. Yeah. But he was reporting on this. Yeah. Because of the phosphorus there in quantity. I was even thinking I about I dug like, you digging me in Mexico. That's what it was. I'm still thinking about naked women. But um, mm -hmm. I was thinking like, like in old movies, there used to be like fun nudity. Now it's either like rated R for like crazy sex or they can't, can't have anything in it at all. Oh, you, yeah. You cut their head off or something. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's just, it's just, you know. Yeah. If you watch movies from the seventies. Yeah. People have whole scenes where they're naked. Yeah. Yeah. And you watch like, uh, what is, what is it? Um, uh, blow out, uh, blow up. Yeah. If you watch blow up, uh, there's just whole scenes where everybody's naked and they're doing just the dialogue from the movie. Yeah. There isn't like. Fun nudity without sex in modern movies. That's true. That's true. And that's not, got, not casual. Right. Like uh, like a, some of the animal house where he's hopping around with the, with the ladder and that kind yeah. of stuff. Like silly things like that. Yeah. There's none of that anymore. Well, there's also, well, of course, no, I'm a different age, so I don't know. Yeah. But um, when I was younger, there was casual nudity in the real world. Right. Yeah. But I don't know. There certainly still is. Yeah. But I'm, you know, I'm in my 60s, so not for me. They've tried a couple, even here, they've tried a couple places with like, either like bikini coffee shops or yeah. that kind of stuff, but they don't seem to, they don't really, they don't seem to last. Well, it's really hard. You want people drunk to give too much money. Right. You, you know. And so if you're not doing alcohol, they're probably not doing that. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's, there's some places that don't serve alcohol so they can go full nude. Yeah. Um, but they still do the lighting and stuff. That's the paradoxical thing or the really creepy thing about Vegas. Yes. Oh. 
the creepy thing the one, about Vegas? We found it. The one creepy thing <laughs> about Vegas. Um, women who are 18 to 21 yeah. can work in places but not places that they serve alcohol. Yeah. So if you go to the places that don't serve alcohol, they're full nude. Yeah. They're not topless. They're full nude. And everybody's 18 to 21. Then as soon as they... So the places that are full nude, the, pe the performers are younger than the places that are just topless. Yes. And... Uh, it seems weird. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And it's just not, shame. Not Casa Diablo. No. <laughs> Some people they do whatever they want. Some people did like dual acts. Some people brought props. It's, it was it was a different deal. And there's no uh, there's no legislation whatsoever. I don't think so. Didn't feel like it. <laughs> <laughs> and they're working for tips. Yeah. Was there a cover charge? Oh, that was the funniest part. I literally walked in with like we we had, we was a group of like a bunch of us, so we all were split up in the groups of four for Ubers, and uh, so I arrived with my group of four. And I stood first online and, and I said, uh, and she goes, there's a cover. And I said, well, it's Saturday night. I assume there'd be a cover. And she goes, $8 each. And I said, did you say eight? <laughs> she goes, yeah. I go, okay. Everyone online. I got, every, I got everyone online. <laughs> like a few people walked in. I was like, them too. <laughs> just, that's hysterical. I was like, it is a minimum $50 to get into a strip club on a Saturday night in Vegas. And if you're a local, maybe you can get in for 30. Mm-hmm. Per. It's the Jello game. Yeah, yeah. I was like eight dollars. I was like, "Who charges eight dollars for anything?" I was like, "Go ahead and make it 10 I'll tell you right now. Free, <laughs> free consulting. I don't give a shit about eight to ten. Just go from eight to ten. Don't even bother. I'm gonna make you two more bucks ahead right now. <laughs> no one cares. There'll be no price resistance. Anyone? And by the way, anyone who goes, "Here's eight dollars. It's ten now." They go, "Oh," and they leave. Good. Probably best for the business. <laughs> You don't want them coming in. <laughs> and were the drinks expensive? No. No. Because the thing is that, you know, you start, start talking, the only thing that kind of gets roped into is you have to buy everyone you're talking to a drink kind of thing. Mm -hmm. And so the first round I, I bought for a few people who were talking to us, and I got the price, and I was like, oh, <laughs> this is fine. I have no problem buying drinks tonight. They weren't it's, like $100 for a glass of water? No, no. It wasn't $20 for a beer. No. <laughs> it was, it was, uh, yeah, it was, it was totally... It was, uh, it was like I was in a small town, but I wasn't. Portland's like a real city. Portland is a real city. Yeah, I don't know. It's just they figured it out. <laughs> 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 or the guy who owns it is retired and, and you know. Kicking money back kicking in. Kicking money back in, yeah. <laughs> Must be one or the other. Yeah. Yeah. It was, it, was a, it was a... Have you been there already, Rich? To Portland? No, to... Uh, Casa Diablo. Casa Diablo. I don't think I've been to that specific one, but they're all kind of the same deal. We also, at the insistence of our friend who organized it, the, 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 the future groom, he said, we all wear suits. Wait a minute. Isn't the bachelor party supposed to be done by the best man? He doesn't have a best man. In your culture? In our culture. <laughs> in our culture, the older you get, the less you feel like making someone that person. Uh-huh. So there's no, there's no bridal party or groom's party, this wedding. I'm the officiant, by the way. I'll be doing the wedding. Oh, really? The wedding. Yeah, yeah. Um, and when is the wedding? Uh, two weeks in Vegas. No, it's in LA. Ah, so why were you in Portland? Uh, he's originally from there. Ah, yeah. yeah. So he he had most of his friends. In yes, all of his friends were most of his friends were local. Yeah, but we all wear suits, which a great idea. If you're going to be the old guys at the strip club, 
all suits makes it much better. And then he bought a bunch of junk jewelry finger rings. So he made uh-huh. us all Liberace ourselves. Oh, that's nice. So we walked in Liberace didn't Liberace is not the right choice for being in a strip club. <laughs> <laughs> just, just saying. After, another choice. Uh, when I finally got on a flight back, a uh, gentleman started making conversation with me. And I remembered our conversation from Penn Sunday School. I said, I will talk to this person. Because we discussed on this show that we stopped talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. And so I started talking to him a little bit. He says, you going out there for NAB? I said, no, no, I am. I live there. And he goes, oh, okay, okay. And I said, uh, you go out there to Vegas a lot for work? He said, yeah. So, you, so you, do you see any shows when you're out there? He says, ah, oh, someone's been out there for a bit. I'll see a show. I just go, you ever go to Penn & Teller? That pause right there happened. <laughs> i seen Donnie Osmond. <laughs> <laughs> 10 minutes of him just raving about Donny Osmond. Donny Osmond's really good. <laughs> I just I was just emailing with Donny Osmond. Oh, good. And I guess I can talk about this. Well, while you debate, I'll just say, one of the things I brought up is that he said, I remember when I was young, like his music was always him and Michael Jackson. I said, you know, they went to the same school. They were in the same classroom. And he goes, no. And he looked at me like, no, not like, I like get out of town. It was like, no, like, stop lying to me, stranger. <laughs> he was like angry. <laughs> Is it, but he grew up in Utah. I said, I don't know if he grew up in Utah. I think he went to school in California. Yeah. And then I, was, then I realized that the, the person I got the information from that I'm repeating, Peter Golden's story, is uh-huh. he told me, and I was like, and as I'm repeating, I was like, well, Peter told me, so should I be repeating this to strangers? <laughs> well, I do know from Donnie <laughs> yeah. that he and Michael Jackson were rather good friends. Oh, wow. Okay. I, I, so good. That I part's good. true. I don't think either one of them went to school at all. Right. They might have had a same tutor or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. When they were in the in the same town or something. Right. He was a child entertainer his entire yeah, life. Yeah. yeah. Three. Yeah, yeah. So he was yeah. a child entertainer his entire life is not the way to say no. what I just said. <laughs> he was an entertainer his whole life, including as a child. <laughs> yes. Um <clears throat> huge tech companies in America pay next to nothing in taxes, meaning they barely giving anything back to society that made them rich. They may not do a lot of giving, but they sure do a lot of taking. Ladies, gentlemen, and siblings, I'm talking about how these tech companies enrich themselves by taking your personal data. They grab your web history, email, metadata, and video searches to create a detailed profile on you and then sell that off to the highest bidder. Companies aren't just selling products anymore, they're selling you. You have become the product. To protect your identity and data from these tech giants, you can always use ExpressVPN every time you go online. Think about all the websites you visit. Facebook, Twitter, Google. That's just the tip of the iceberg. ExpressVPN makes you anonymous online by camouflaging your IP address and replacing it with a different secure IP of your choice. ExpressVPN also encrypts all your data so that it's protected from hackers, anyone else that's trying to spy on you. And what I like most about ExpressVPN is how easy it is to use. Just download the app on your phone or computer, tap one button, and you're protected. So, protect your data with the number one rated VPN provider today. Visit expressvpn.com slash pen to get three months free on a one-year subscription. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N.com. Dot com slash P-E-N-N. ExpressVPN.com slash pen to earn more. It's a really good thing. So Donnie, I yeah. ta- I I talked to Piff about this. Yeah. I wrote him a, a note thanking him for kindness. Yeah. 
and he never wrote back to me. Oh. And I, I Piff said, well, you obviously got the wrong address. And I read the address, and Piff went, that's right. Hmm. He just didn't answer you. So then, like eight months later, I got a, a message from Donny Osmond, email, that said, Piff told me you didn't get the last email I wrote to you. Must went into your spam or oh. something, but I w- want to write you a note. It's probably good that it went to spam because I'm going to write a better note now. It wrote me a rather long note. He said to me, uh, I rewatched us with Danny, you know, the Danny D'Artez. Oh, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Which is, I believe, the best magic ever recorded in history. Uh, card magic, maybe we'll see. Yeah, yeah. Card magic, no one argues with me. Right. Amazing. And Donnie was sitting right there, uh, you know, to my right. Donnie was right there. And uh, we saw it together. And Donnie was completely fried. Completely fried. Yeah. One of my favorite things about that experience is you watch Donnie being a perfect TV person Mm -hmm. for the first whatever minutes. Then you watch his brain switch to going, oh, I don't have to try. Right. This is going to get crazy. Yeah. And then you watch him authentically enjoy himself. It's really great. Yeah. So Donnie said he was watching it again. And I said, you know, Danny put out how he did all of that. <laughs> and Donnie, uh, we, you know, email exchanges back and forth. Donnie, yeah. Donnie went, what? <laughs> I said, I said, well, th- this company wanted to put out 10 minutes yeah, and he did three and a half hours. There's a three and a half hour instructional video you can get just from magic dealers. It's not available yeah, yeah. to the general public. And Donnie went, whoa. And I wrote to him, it's just for magicians. Here's the link. <laughs> Donnie wrote me two, two hours later. <laughs> I thought there was no chance he'd watch right. it. Two hours later, he said, this is the most amazing thing I've ever seen. I've ever seen. So my children called me and they interrupted me from watching it. And he said, ah, so I'm writing you this now. I got to get back to it. And he said, I-, I can't believe how much I love this. Oh, that's great. So I wrote back and said, so you're going to learn it? <laughs> he wrote back to me. Yeah, I think I might. What? I think I might. I think I might want to study this. I, I believe it. <laughs> I believe he'll do so it. So I wrote back. So Dottie, do you want to come on Foolish this year and do one of the closers? Where I say, you know, magic can change lives. We're going to do our final segment here ah. with a guy who came on the show to see Danny D'Artez yeah. and then got so inspired, he went and learned some of it. Oh, man. So we're going to go over and sit at the table and Donnie will do it. I'd love to get Danny out to watch, but I don't know if we can do that. That would be, yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, I, you know, said that to him, figuring he will back out, you know, yeah, yeah, or yeah. just, ha, ha, ha. Even That's now, I'm now tiptoeing because I don't want to hold, I don't want this podcast to be some kind of thing that holds him to account. Right. Because it's wicked hard, by the way. Wicked hard. <laughs> so I said, ha, 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 ha. And Donnie wrote and he said, I have June and July off and boy, do I love a challenge. So we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> the thing's like, if he said he's going to do it, there's no doubt he's going to do it. Well, he and, didn't say, I'm going to do it. Yeah, yeah. He said, you know, I might give it. <laughs> that's, yeah, exactly. We might go a weekend. But one of the things, because one of the things coming to my mind right away, well, two things. One is I believe 
if you watch the video, Donnie messes with the deck that Danny has. And so when Danny does a bigger explainer, he basically talks about how he marginalizes Donnie's yeah. participation. Because <laughs> he's like, this guy might mess with me, so I kept this away from him. Yeah. <laughs> well, so, that's, that's the first thing Donnie sees, right? Yeah. I forgot that. Yeah, yeah, I yeah. The first thing he sees is, when I have an asshole to my left, <laughs> this is what I do. Exactly. That's explained somewhere in that video. And then also there's this thing that, you know, he talks about he gets away with having a language barrier and there's this casual nature. I mean, he really, it's three and a half hours, so he really gets into like how he uses his body language and nature and his ability to put his hands on people and that kind of stuff in a way that he has a personality and a culture that we accept that, right? And it's so, and the whole like, just do whatever. I don't care. I don't care. You know, that's his whole nature of like, whatever, do this. I don't care. Whatever. Yeah. Uh, so I'm and and uh, I've talked to the magician friends. We're like, what American even has the style to say do whatever you want? I don't, honestly, I don't care. Go yeah. for it. Yeah. Just throw them over here, mix them up, put two down. Because Americans have a different view of I'm a magician. I can do this. Yeah, and then in a way that it's like funny and charming because when he's doing it, and he's going, I don't know, it's a ritual, right? Like I can't get it with like I don't know, guys, it's a ritual. <laughs> like no, that will. That's terrible. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So, like, uh, I'm curious, and uh, but if there's if there's an entertainer on this planet who has enough know-how and self-awareness, <laughs> Donny Osmond, this is probably the most fascinating person to try to learn this routine. If Donny Osmond, in his 60s, which I I guess that's the age he is. Yeah, I think he's a little younger than me, right? I think so. Yeah, Donny Osmond in his 60s takes up magic. It would be the greatest thing in the world. Because oh. <laughs> you, you can put it right in the show. When I told Hondro that I let Donnie watch that, Hondo yeah. was like, Danny, Danny would hate that. <laughs> no, you. What, what have you done? Oh, yeah, yeah, And yeah. it was just like, I, I think I can make it okay with Danny. <laughs> 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 yeah. I really, that's the thing that's fascinating. Like, if there's anyone who can figure out an American way, American stylistic way to pull off what Dan did, it would be done. Right. But once you've done all the style stuff, yeah. then you have to learn the hardest tricks that have ever been done. Like, I, I mean, don't, I don't want to say, I guess, I, don't, I never know on this podcast whether to say the term or not. Yeah. There's a top tier technique in magic, let's just say. I, I know, I and know then, what you're talking about. When we normally do it with like a card, yeah. He does it with definitely more than one. <laughs> Yeah, the way that you're supposed to just know how to do that with your pinkies or something, yeah. just yeah. really fucking hard to do. <laughs> he just throws off. <laughs> He's just like, you know, so you got to make sure you keep that loaded. If you're like, okay, okay, and then you look at it and go, what? <laughs> yeah, he doesn't bother. Yeah, explaining. The impossibly hard stuff. And it's yeah. not because he's being coy. No. It's just because you shouldn't be watching this unless you can do every magic trick that's been done in the history of the world. Right. Then you go to Danny. Yeah. Yeah, because uh, you can watch you can watch Danny uh, DRTs when he's in his video. You can see that like he starts his second, he does the first phase where he just breaks down what he does. And then he starts the second phase as to like how he does stuff and why. Mm-hmm. And you can watch his brain almost process like, wow, I've never had to actually say these words out loud. Mm-hmm. to people to actually say something that's just human nature, but how to use human nature to get what you want. And you can almost seem like regret getting into some stuff or something <laughs> like that. Like, is there a real weight sometimes in that video? Yeah. I think it was fascinating. It's really... Yeah. yeah, yeah. I'm reminded of our conversation about his in-ear monitors, mm-hmm. where he's got two different mixes going yeah. on, and 
and he's paying attention to the crowd at the same time. Yep. No one else as famous as Donny Osmond as early as her age didn't end up in jail. Or That's jail. true. That's true. I, I was sitting with Donny. You know, I think I said yeah. this on here, like, uh, you know, a year ago, 10 months ago. Yeah. We we're sitting in a doctor's office. We're, you know, we're both old guys. We're the same cardiologist. <laughs> and the two people, it's Vegas. Yeah. So the two people in the waiting room were me and Donny. And I say to him, how, how'd you end up not fucked up? Yeah. How did that happen? And he said, uh, I met, met, met a girl and we fell in love and my wife got me through all of it. Yeah. Probably the truth. Probably the truth. <laughs> but also, probably there's a psychotic nature in him to stay on the level. Like, to, I'm sure he sticks by his rules. Mm-hmm. And that's what I mean by like, someone as successful as he is and still holding it together like he is. It's really funny that the one person that makes it through all that craziness, yeah. the only way you and I can talk about it is he must be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> I mean- he might also yeah. be just a really good guy with a moral center and a moral compass yeah. and smart. Yeah. He's really smart. That's true. And put all that together with self-control. Yeah. And I think the thing we're avoiding saying, Mormonism. is religion. His he probably has religion and community that is not something Michael Jackson had. I'm not saying Michael Jackson is not religious. I don't know. No, I don't know. But um, that Mormon community- with all its craziness. Yeah. And we know it's crazy. Yeah. But boy, the community part of it is not. Yep. And that can hold you together and give you strength. Yeah. And yes, I think that's the big, I think there is something, I always say, you know, like when I see the Mormon missionary kids on their bicycles going around the, our neighborhoods, I guess, I guess trying to spread the word, but they're secretly just looking for other Mormons who have lemonade in their fridge. <laughs> um, I used to be like, oh my gosh, what a waste of time. Like- Mm-hmm. They could be actually volunteering for a charity or something mm-hmm. and doing something with their time. I didn't do anything like that with my high school time. Mm-hmm. But then recently, I just thought with all this crazy violence and stuff, uh, I just thought, thank goodness they have to ride a bike with each other. I'm yeah. glad that they're assigned to ride a bike with that guy and that guy's to ride with that guy. And I bet that's probably super helpful for them. Going well, that's one years. of the points of um, the Book of Mormon, uh, you know, Trey and Matt show. Yeah. That I... Um, kind of don't agree with, Mm -hmm. but it's also kind of true. And the point of that is, although they make fun of all that stuff, they, they kind of hold on to, it kind of ends up making nice people. Yeah. And boy, that's, that's a hard thing for me. No, I mean, with religion driving a lot of really shitty policy (laughs) and hatred right now, and, and, and United States, we're not, we're not about to give religion a full pass. And overt, overt racism. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, really bad stuff. But you don't see any of that in Donnie. No. You don't see any of that. And I don't see that with, you know, uh, my Mormon uh, or LDS, I think. They don't like to be called Mormon, maybe. Uh, LDS neighbors, you know. There is is a strength in community. And they have lemonade in their refrigerator. And they have lemonade and they welcome the kids in with their bikes. (laughs) They know where they're riding. They they didn't stumble upon (laughs) my next door neighbor's house. It's well, this all ties together, you know. Well, I don't know if it's Mormons or Jehovah Witnesses, mm-hmm. but um, with our casual nudity. 
Yeah. What I would do when Jehovah Witnesses came to my house, mm-hmm. uh, well, they don't now because I'm in a gated community, but <laughs> does not allow any goodness or religion to come in. <laughs> um, when I was not in a gated community, yeah. and when I also did not have a family, I would see religious people come to the door, and I would always answer the door naked and swing the door wide open and go, come on in, let's talk about God. <laughs> We'll get, some, we'll get some pie or something. What do you think? <laughs> that seems like fine performance art to me. We'll, 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 I think we could, we'll, probably not now. I know, but it's my house. I think we should, <laughs> if I'm allowed to shoot someone to come into my house, can I be naked if they come into my house too? There's another American instance where guns trump nudity again. <laughs> <laughs> you know, I had a revelation. Uh, you've been doing this show with me for many, many years. Yeah. And you've heard me say- Like, I've been saying eight years for about five years, I think. <laughs> you've heard me say breathtakingly stupid things. Yeah. Things that you never thought a human being could say or think or do. I just had a revelation. I mean, this was like a diamond bullet in my forehead. Mm-hmm. A thought I'd never had before. Never had this thought before. And when I had it, my whole body just shook. I tried telling someone else. I did a trial balloon with, I think, Jonesy. Yeah. And Jonesy, I can usually blow stupid stuff by Jonesy, right? Yeah. Because Jonesy's known me a while. Yeah. Even Jonesy (laughs) looked at me like, what? (laughs) And I'm going to try it here. Uh But I got to tell you, it was really profound to me. Okay. You know how... Uh, well, I, you've been around people on acid, right? Mm-hmm. You know, when I was in high school, uh, everybody was on acid. I'd go to parties where there were 30 people there and they were all tripping. Yeah. And I was the only one sober. And they would say stuff like to me like, you know, this couch has blue threads in it. <laughs> and I would say, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, you know that kind of thing. Yes. This is stupider than that. <laughs> but it felt like what I hear LSD revelations mm-hmm. sound like, feel like. And it changed me. I thought to myself, and now I'm going to say it aloud and I'm, I'm procrastinating. <laughs> you just laid Donnie out the dry early in this podcast and now you're procrastinating when it comes to you. <laughs> <laughs> Guns? are made for no reason at all except to kill things. Mm-hmm. They don't have another use. A knife, a lot of other uses. Right. I guess if you say target shooting is a different use, even if you do but target I shooting. I don't bust out the Thanksgiving gun to cut the Thanksgiving turkey. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> It no. seems so incredible to me, <laughs> and that had never crossed my mind before. Because I was sitting, I was sitting there thinking after one of the, you know, there's a shooting every day. Yeah. So after one of the shootings, with what is it, AR-15, AR-15, yeah, AR-15. Uh, I thought, geez, you know, that gun. Someone, someone on the television show yeah. said these guns, these weapons of war, are only meant to kill. And I went, yeah, they're only meant. Wait a minute. <laughs> <laughs> Like, you can go out, and people do enjoy having fun doing target practice, or plinking, as it's a box you can check. 
Mm-hmm. It used to be, I don't know if it still is, but in Tennessee, if you want to buy a gun, purpose could be plinking. It could be, really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. It could be plinking, you know, and people raised with guns and the whole bit. No, I get, I get all of that, you know, but, uh, but you're right. There's no, all of those other purposes, the, all the those other gun things. gun was not made for plinking. Right. You could get almost all the joy of plinking with like a BB gun. Yeah. But a slingshot. BB gun is meant to be like a real gun. Yeah. Like a training bra to a real gun. <laughs> uh, plinking is a training bra. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Plinking is a training bra. Yeah, that could be a line of haiku. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I know it's art, um, but uh, I'd never crossed my mind before. And, you know, we did that whole bullshit. We were totally down with the Second Amendment. Yeah. And now I'm just not. Because one of the things we say over and over again in that is that, you know, it's it's to protect, you know, against the government. And now we saw who uses it against the government. It's a very different reality than my fantasy. I Yeah. I mean, uh, uh, it's funny. I had a similar thought. Basically, like the marketplace of ideas, right? So like now, as we look back and we want to still revere our founding fathers, we always say, you know, this person actually had reservations yeah. about slavery. They actually were not yeah. pro-slavery. Well, that means that the marketplace of ideas didn't bring forth freeing slaves for a hundred years. Mm-hmm. So it's like- And men didn't do a good job. <laughs> right. So it's like, <laughs> if we're just waiting, it's like we really had to fully legislate freeing slaves. Yeah. It was not just kind of working its way out. Yeah. So if everyone knew it was wrong for a hundred years- and still just let it play out. Well, then, then I guess it did take law. Yeah. You know, I just, <laughs> I, what I get mad at is like, shouldn't the AR 15 at least go out of fashion? Yeah. Like, should it be at least gross now? Yeah. You know, like when Suzuki Samurais were flipping all over the place in their test drives, people stopped buying Suzuki Samurais. <laughs> <laughs> you know, like, shouldn't you be like embarrassed now to own an AR 15? Like, I don't know. There was an article in the Times, take your shot. Um, there was an article in the times about how, uh, uh, collecting AR 15s has replaced ham radio. Oh my gosh. Cause you can put uh, change your stocks. You can plug other stuff in. You can like do all these mods. You can play with it. And, uh, it rang much too true for me, but it's not most gun deaths are not AR 15s. Right. Most gun deaths are uh, gang-related in the cities, or the biggest one is suicide. Suicide. That's yeah, a big yeah. It's all suicide. It's a, Majority you know, of gun deaths, the killer's in your home. You know what, you know what the gun is? You're going to be so happy when I say this. It's a suicide machine. <laughs> Space scene. Yeah. But there is something with the AR-15 that there's a culture around it that is celebrating the fact that there's survival. You know, when we had to take every gun course in the world to do our bullet catch way back. Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. So we had to take um, uh, all sorts of handling guns and all sorts of, uh, you know, we got FBI fingerprinted because telling I had to be able to handle guns legally. Yeah, yeah. So we went through all this. And the guy who taught us, one of the guys, we took many courses. One of the guys who taught us, you know, uh, gave us the full course that he gives. Yeah. Uh, which was a lot of gun safety. And then said, uh, you know, th- there's three levels of alert or four levels of alert. 
and you know, four is you've pulled your gun and you're full stance or something. I've forgotten. That's how good a student I am. <laughs> I remember nothing of this part of it because this part of it just made my skin crawl. Yeah. And he said, then there's level one. We are never relaxed. You are always ready for an incident, no matter where you are. And I was thinking, no, you're not. There's no reason to be. Yeah. The number of times that I felt if I had a gun with me, I'd have my hand on it now. Very few. Yeah. Now I'm fortunate. I'm fortunate because I'm male. Yeah. And I'm, I'm not living in a, in a, in a, in an, Inner city. I mean, I'm really realizing this is being said by someone who lives in a very rarefied environment. So remember that before you write us. <laughs> oh, none of this making air anyway. What's that? This <laughs> <laughs> right, did not want to deal with the listener mail on this one. But uh, I think there's something cultural. That goes with the AR-15 that you go, yeah, now well, I'm a warrior. Especially now. Like, I don't mean that, like, there's a guy who went viral when people first tried to get the assault weapons ban reinstated after one of the numerous AR-15 shootings that happened however many long ago. Uh, take your pick. And he was crying about boars. And he's like, well, I need my AR-15 because of boars. And that became like a big laughing stock for people who, people who are pro-gun legislation. Boars? Boars. What wild, a, boar. wild boar, wild boar, yeah. But if you looked into it, turns out if you are in a place with with have a lot of boars, they can fuck up your world. They mm -hmm. can cause a shitload of damage, and it actually is a very effective weapon to stopping boars from fucking up your farm or you're fucking up your life, right? But for a hundred people, right? So I'm saying, you want to say how nuanced I am? I'm all for the wild boar exception. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> I'm convinced. <laughs> the wild boars. Fair enough. Yeah. If there, if we want to do things with like proximity to cities or proximity to boars, if we want to start actually making something that makes some kind of sense as to like where the danger lies in actual yeah. proximity, I'm okay with it. And you always have to go back to every one of these shootings and say, but there's a lot of people who killed themselves that would not have killed themselves if they didn't have a gun in their house. Yeah. Because it's too much fucking work. And I don't know what drives a person to suicide. Right. But I do know there are fewer suicides if it's a little harder. Yeah. There, yeah. Yes. And there's been a lot of studies on that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. Yes. And I'm very glad uh, when I see the kind of moods everybody goes through, I'm very glad to not have a you can die like this tool in our home. Me too. Yeah. And actually, and the, and the funny thing is, particularly in our, my neighborhood, stuff like that, like, People break in if they think you want a gun. Yeah. Like that's what most people are going into homes looking to steal guns. <laughs> so it really is the most counter. Yeah. Counter like, I put my, my gay, my gay pride flags and my black lives matter and all that stuff on my front doorstep. That's probably keeping people out of my home. Right. <laughs> <laughs> he doesn't have a gun. There's no way that house has a gun. Uh, that's exactly what you'd think if you drove by my house. That's true. Yeah. That's true. You probably want to have a big gun law legislation out in front of your house. Of course, people go by and plink. <laughs> uh, <laughs> exactly. No, I do. No, I mean, it's, 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 uh, yeah. It, it's, we put a very big virtual signaling thing that I don't even believe everything that's on the sign that's on my front yard. Um, <laughs> but it, it, the truth is that 
have so many people who have Trump stuff on their lawn that when houses go for sale, I want people to know that it's where they could move. Good idea. <laughs> anyway, that was Penn Sunday School. Virtual, virtual signaling that I don't believe. I'm just the kind of neighbor I want. Just advice. It's just the neighbor I want. <laughs> oh, um, cha-cha-cha. You become naked. I forgot those. I was laughing so much at putting sides on your lawn you don't believe. <laughs> You're going to do a double thanks, aren't you? Yeah. It's a this episode, the more. I can probably be still get back to say thank you. I think you can. You know, we love you. You got anybody to thank there, Matt? Yes, thank you to all the people who support us over here at patreon.com slash pen. Fine people like Manuel Vidal Perez de la Mesa the Fifth, Laura Champagne, come back to Texas again. Wedge Driver, Daniel, a couple weeks old, but I know I wonder if the Pornhub magician is Chris Angel. <laughs> <laughs> He has a question. Uh, Rando Admiral, Fly Guy, David K, Sean Brevik, Matt, how is your Superman the Others? Hey, clear your cookies, baby. Superman the Others, Brandon Knapp, Big Damn Clay, Nick Dingman, Colin Durham, the Big Scoop of Podcast.com, Christine and Bobby Mack, Christina Keller, Central Park Owl, Lancey Menchu, Mark Mamborquet. I bought a month of Patreon to say how much I liked random, and also I bought dice, and now I am sucking more dick than ever before. <laughs> Stephen White, Harlan Liam Clark, Michelle DeIzer, Jonathan, Brogan Hastings, Placida Scott, Dante Peace, and Damian Martin. Thank you so much.